thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what Lord has done for us. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Go back to give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. You this morning. Today is a great time, and yes, we've sung this song about giving thanks. Today the altar is open. If you would like to come and just simply come down to the front and give thanks to God for what He has done for you and what He has provided for you, uh, now is the time the altar is open for us to be here. We are so thankful for what He has done for us and for His guidance and His love and His mercy and his protection that he has given to each and every one of us for all the provisions that he has given to us so freely. We thank him for that this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, dear Lord, for this day. But God, we are thankful for all that you have done for us. And God, as each one of us can look back on our lives and we can see your hand at work, your hand of protection and your hand of mercy 
your hand of providing for us. God, we thank you so much for that. God, the blessings that you have given to us. And God, we thank you for those. Oh, and dear Heavenly Father, as this week is coming, as we thank you for this. And God, as we thank you with our families on this Thanksgiving day. God, I want to thank you, dear Lord, for what you have given to us. But God, I thank you for what you are going to provide for us and what you are going to give to us. God, our hope is in you. And our trust is in you because you have promised and because you have come through in all the things in our lives. You have always, always been there. And we thank you and we praise you. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would be with the ones that are in the hospital today. God, that you would give them comfort and you would give them peace. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would provide for each one of them. Oh, and Jesus, we give you praise and we give you glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. As these are making their way back, I would ask that you would uh, please be in prayer. Uh, Josephine is uh, back in the hospital, so continue to lift Josephine up in your prayers. Uh, we do have praise and we have thanks, uh, you know, the, uh, the twins um, that we have been praying for with Chase and Chris. Uh, they are here and they are at home. Well, they're not here. I'm sorry, I saw people looking around. They're not here in this facility. They are at home, and we thank God and we praise God for their health uh, and for them being able to, uh, and them being born, just a blessing. We thank them for that. Uh, you know, and I do, and I thank each and every one of you for being here today. Um, uh, you know, and we do have a special, so Kelly and Susan are going to sing for us. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, no, you ain't getting out of this one. No, wait a minute. I, I, I asked y'all to uh, sing, no, right? No, no. There's nothing worse than a sneaky Nazarene pastor. He is not going to leave the platform. He is singing with us today. Yes. Amen. I'm going to sing so low that you can't hear me. He better sing so high I can hear him. <laughs> As the world looks upon me as I struggle alone, they say I have nothing, but they are so wrong. In my heart I'm rejoicing, how I wish they could see. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. There's food on the table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Now I know I'm not wealthy. 
And these clothes, they're not new I don't have much money But Lord, I have you And to me, that's all that matters Though the world cannot see Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me Above me, I have good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Thank you, Lord. I, you know, I want to know that that was really difficult for me, but I do enjoy singing. Uh, Kelly came and we practiced this and we were in my office and he goes, he goes, Pastor, he said, can you sing anything other than what I'm singing? I'm like, no, I sing exactly what you're singing. He says, have you not ever sing a solo? I said, one time. I was supposed to sing with a group of girls in our graduation. And by the first verse, they were crying. So I had to sing by myself. And that's the only solo that I have ever sung. Uh, you know, so I want to say, you know, thank you, Susan and Kelly, for allowing me to sing with you. <laughs> Man, that's harsh. Wow. Today is a great day, uh, you know, um, so we're looking at this and today is a good day is the title for this part and this is part number three of this. So what I would like for you to do in your thought process and in your mind, it's not today is a good day, but every day is a good day. Because as Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, every single day of our life is a good day to praise and to thank Him for what He has done for us. Uh, you know, we thank you and we do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
his hand of protection is with us and upon us. And a lot of times we don't even know it. Uh, you know, it's that hedge that keeps things from getting to us. But whenever things get to us, he is still there holding us and protecting us and providing for us. Uh, you know, so yes, uh, you know, thank you so much. I, I saw on Facebook, I didn't know there was an accident, but I did see the praise. Uh, and it is good that, uh, you know, that she is, uh, you know, is well. Uh, you know, it, it's nice to see Hannah. Uh, you know, it is. Allison? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. Uh, you know, do remember them. Uh, you know, they have had a, a difficult year. Uh, you know, um, so do continue to remember them in your prayers. Uh, this morning, whenever we look at this and we go into the message, today's message is about God's love for us. But in looking at God's love for us in today's message, there is a response that we are responsible for. As God loves us, we are responsible to love God. So today we look into this, and this morning's passage of Scripture is from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. And this is the last of the parables of the kingdom uh, that Matthew has for us. And whenever we see this, I don't know about you, when, whenever you look into your scripture and look there in your Bible, don't know really what the title is or the subtitle that you have for this particular passage of scripture. There's several things that it's known for. One of them is that it's the final judgment. Someone would say that this one is the passage of scripture or the parable on the judgment day. Or this is a parable that is on the sheeps and the goats. So whichever one has or your particular, you know, your particular translation gives the subtitle for. This is about the kingdom of heaven. But I want us to get this and we need to understand and see this. Because in the first two parables it says that the kingdom of heaven was like unto this. And we had the one that, you know, about the bridesmaids that we looked at last week. Uh, there, so we, we see this and that they were like, but whenever we come to this one, Jesus is not, for us, Jesus is not beating around the bush any longer. Okay, Jesus isn't going to give us this parable that as in the kingdom of heaven would be like this. He is now going to tell us what is going to happen on the day before or on the day of his return. So whether you look at it as the judgment day or the final judgment day or whether it's the sheep and the goats, it is the day that Jesus is given to us that he tells us that I am coming back and whenever I come back, this is what's going to happen. So I want you to see this. It's no longer hidden from his disciples. It's no longer hidden from the readers as far as what's going to happen. It should no longer be hidden for us because as believers, well, let me back up. Because not even as believers, but as people, we have to understand that 
regardless if we want to accept Scripture and believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior or not, there will be a day that He is coming back. And whenever that day happens, there will be a separation and there will be a judgment day. It's going to happen. Last week we talked about are you going to be prepared for that day. Now, this week... The day is upon us, and the preparation is over with. You are either going to be a wise bridemaid, and you are going to be one of the sheep that's going to be placed on the right-hand side, or you're going to be one of the goats that's going to be placed on the left-hand side. Now, don't take this in the passage of Scripture that Jesus likes sheep more than he does goats. Okay? In the biblical days, in the ancient days, goats and sheep both had merit and they were both needed. Sheep, they had to the sheep and they needed their wool to stay warm. Goats, they had their goat hair and they needed the goat hair so that they could make tents and other things that would protect them from the weather. So whether, you know, so Jesus isn't saying that sheep are better than goats or goats are worse than sheep or anything like that. Jesus is just simply telling us that there will be a day that I will separate you and I will separate you and I'll put some on the right hand side and some on the left hand side. Now I propose this to you. The ones on the right hand side are not going to be and have to deal with the judgment day. Now, I'll explain this to you later on a little bit more. But the ones on the right-hand side do not face judgment. It's the ones on the left-hand side that face judgment. So let's go in. I think I'm going to read the scripture. So I think I'm going to read all of this passage for you. It's a lengthy passage. So just hold on with me. Matthew 25, beginning with verse 31. But when the Son of Man came in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will set upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as sheep, as shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did this to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then we go into verse 41. Verse 41, then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, 
into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. I've got to stop right there. The lake of fire is prepared for who? The devil and his demons. The lake of fire is not prepared or was not built or designed for humanity. God's whole plan was that his son Jesus Christ would come to this earth and would be their sacrifice so that they would have a right relationship with him so that they would be able to live with the Father in heaven for eternity. The ones that chose not to do that choose to live in the lake of fire for eternity with Satan and all of his demons. Not a place where humanity is supposed to be. Let's go on to 42. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and didn't help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. So whenever we see this, we get this, but the thing that we see, and and I told you that that I would help you out with the ones on the right not being in judgment. And in the ancient days, it was known that if you were on the right-hand side of someone, that you were in a special place or a favored place. So whenever Jesus, or whenever, I think you noticed, or you might not have noticed, but the language changed, because in the first part of it, Jesus was the Son of Man, but whenever we get down into verse 34, He's no longer the Son of Man, but He is the King. And we know that it's talking about Jesus as the King, because He says that they have received the blessings from my Father. So Jesus is talking about Himself Being the king. So whenever we see this, the king places the sheep on the right hand side, placing them in a place of favor because they have been blessed by the Father. They have been blessed by God Almighty. So we see this, and don't know about you, but my brain kind of digresses a little bit. And and we, we have this. We used to be in a time that would be considered as Christendom whenever the majority of the things that we did and the majority of the decisions that was placed or happened within society all had to deal or worked around church and around Christian or Jesus Christ. You remember, uh, you know, the blue law? How many of y'all remember the blue law? I, I remember the blue law. Uh, you know, for those of you that don't remember the blue law, that's whenever there was absolutely nothing open on Sundays. You could not open on Sundays. One of the last things to ever go by the wayside as far as the blue law 
was back in 1969 or 68, whenever the movie theaters began to open up on Sundays. They were the last ones to be closed on Sundays. But we have fastly moved from there, right? That's 52 years ago that very seldom did you have places open on Sundays. Now, I mean, I I remember that if you didn't have gas on Sunday, that you just stayed at home because there was not a gas station open for you to go and get, get gas. So you had to prepare. So you either got gas on Saturday or you just simply made sure you had enough to get to church on Sunday. Because there wasn't a gas station that was open. Now everything's open. They've even passed to where now you can actually sell alcohol on Sundays. We are no longer in a Christendom Christendom society. We are in a post-Christian society. Society is no longer developed or no longer built around the church or around Jesus Christ. But how many of y'all remember this growing up? Left-handed people were strange. Right? Left-handed people were strange. I, I mean, I, you know, I tell you what, it was all the way until 10th grade. Minute. Something's wrong. Left-handed people were wrong. Well, why did we look at it that way? Because the right, righteous, the people that were found in favor... We're on the right-hand side. The people that were not found in favor were on the left-hand side. I see some smiles out there. At least somebody's got it. I don't think it's really that way. I don't think that God favored us right-handed people more than he favored the left-handed people. It's kind of like the goats and the sheep. He doesn't favor whether you're a goat or a sheep. But what he does favor is whether or not you have done these things to the least of his brothers and sisters. But then we also have to look back into Mark chapter 5 with the first Beatitudes. okay? Because Jesus gives us this understanding here that he is one of the least of these. He's one of the marginalized. He's one of the ones that's over on the side. He was a rebellion. He was uh, rejected. By the religious leaders. He came to save the Jewish nation and they rejected him. Passage of scripture that says that you have rejected the foundation or the cornerstone. And he becomes that cornerstone. That everything lines up against it. Just in case you're not into building and you don't have any clue or anything like that. They used to actually start a building from the corner. And if the corner was level and straight, then the rest of the building was level and straight. From that one cornerstone, everything could be set. Jesus Christ is that cornerstone. Jesus Christ is truth. And if you do not get your truth from Jesus Christ, then your truth is unlevel. There should be an amen there, Marcus. So, how do we deal and how do we work through this as far as us being in this post-Christian atmosphere? 
How do we do this? Well, I want you to see, because in this passage of Scripture, it talks about, uh, you know, about giving, right? It says, uh, you know, that you saw me whenever I was thirsty, whenever I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat, you gave me something to drink. You gave me clothes. Whenever I was a stranger, you invited me in. You were hospitable to me. Whenever I was sick and in prison, you came in and you visited me and you saw me. I want you to know that and I want you to see this, that it's not because they did these things. Because there are plenty of people today that are giving to the hungry and giving to the needy that will split hell wide open. I want you to know, I, I got really upset yesterday. There was a commercial on TV, and there was a company that was bragging about how much money they had put into the food pantries over this last year because of COVID. Bragging about it. Like, you should come and shop at our place because we gave so much money towards this so that we can feed people. See, that is not what Jesus is talking about here. And we get this because of their response. What was the response of the righteous people? They asked him. They said, when did we ever do that? Jesus, when did I ever see you hungry? When did I ever see you thirsty? When did I ever see you alone? When did I ever do these things? See, it had became second nature to those ones on the right. They gave to people and didn't even know they were giving to people. We always look at this and we always think about, you know, what are they going to do with the gifts that I give to them? If God tells you to give to them, you shouldn't care, right? God tells you to give to someone, you just give to them. God tells you to give to the church, give to the church. Don't tell the church what they can do with the money, just give it to them. Don't brag about it. Scripture says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand, or is it, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Don't let one of the hands know what you're doing. Just simply give. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm meddling now, right? But whenever we think about this, there's two things this morning. If we're righteous, if we're found righteous, and we're on the right-hand side, do I need to be on this side for you? Is this the right-hand side for you? On the right-hand side, we're there because we've been found righteous. And because we have given to the least of his brothers, the least of these, but we've done it just simply because of what he has done for us. See, whenever I give, and I give just simply because, and I don't even know that I'm giving, 
I'm just simply giving because I have already received. I give because Jesus Christ has given me more than I could ever need or ever ask for. He has already given it to me. And because he has given it to me freely, then I give it freely. Because he loves me so much, I can love you. Because he loves me so much, I can give you everything. The thing about it is, is what is the everything? What is the everything? It's not necessarily all of your money. He he doesn't want your money. He doesn't need your money. It's not your clothes. It's really not something to drink or anything to eat. What is your everything? Your everything is you. Your life. That we give him our everything because Jesus Christ gave us his everything. He died on the cross for us. So that we would have a chance or an opportunity to live with him for eternity in heaven. And because he has done that so freely for us, then we give freely. So what's the best thing to give to your neighbor? Jesus. The love of Jesus Christ. That's the best thing. And the thing about it is, is that whenever you do that, You're going to know when they're hungry, and you're going to be able to help them out. You're going to know when they're thirsty. You're going to know whenever they feel like a stranger, and they need someone to let them in. I want you to kind of grab a hold of this this morning as it pops into my head. There are people that are sitting here in this congregation today that feel like strangers. Because we haven't let them in. Because we have not invited them to come into our home. Now one of the problems with it is, and yes I'm going to be meddling again. One of the problems with this is, is that whenever we let them into our home, the only way that they can come into our home is if they come in underneath our terms. You can come in, but you have to act this way. I'll invite you in and I'll let you come in, but you have to do it this way. Instead of just simply letting them come in. We also, Christians do this. I've done this. I do this often. I like to talk. I meet a stranger at the apartment complex. 
And I talk to them, and I talk to them, and I talk to them, and I talk to them. And whenever they leave and we finish the conversation, I think back and I'm like, man, I really sounded like a good person, didn't I? Right? You know, we give them all the information. We tell them all about us. We, we let them know who we are, what we do, where do we go to church, what God's done for us. You know, we just simply lay this on. We just tell them this, and we just give them this, and we, and we give them this. But we never invited them into the home. Because whenever you invite somebody into your home, you ask them, what do you do? How was your day? What's your family life? Where do you work? See, whenever we invite someone into our lives and they leave, they should leave that conversation thinking, wow, he thinks I'm the coolest person in the world. It has absolutely nothing to do with me or with you. Because the love that we give has absolutely nothing to do with you or me. It has everything to do with Jesus Christ. Wow. Man, this is a good message. Have y'all missed it yet? Are y'all getting this? The ones that's on the left. I want you to see this because these are people that have most probably given to church communities. Or these are people that have given to nonprofit organizations that have fed the homeless and the needy. But they've done it for the wrong reason. But I want you to also see that in this fact that what Jesus is actually looking for is that he is looking for people that have faith in him. It's not whether or not you have fed the least of my brothers and sisters, or that you have given them drink, or that you have clothed them, or you have given them hospitality, or you have visited them while they were sick or in prison. But it's everything to do with, do you believe in me as your Lord and Savior? And if you do, you have done this regardless, because it's second nature. It's your faith that determines on whether or not you are going to give through the right process and for the right reason. It is faith in Jesus Christ as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords, as the one that is going to stand there at the right hand of God the Father on Judgment Day. And He is going to divide the sheep from the goat. And He is going to take the ones that are blessed into heaven for eternity. And He is going to send the ones on the left off into the fiery lake of hell to burn and to suffer and to be punished for eternity. And it all has to do with whether or not you believe in him, not whether or not you have given food to someone or not. It's where is your faith? Who do you trust in? Who do you believe in? If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you will do all of those things and not even know it.
you will give hospitality and love to someone as you're standing in the grocery line and you just simply say how you're doing and give them a good smile. Nowadays, you'll have to take your mask off. I think that's going to be a trick for us is to figure out how can we smile with our eyes. I have a Star Wars mask, and I want you to know I had more people compliment me about my Star Wars mask this week than in any one given week. Why did I say that about my Star Wars mask? I'm sorry for those that's online. That's <laughs> the only way. That we can truly satisfy the least of the ones that Jesus is talking about. Is if we have faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that we trust in Him to provide for us and to protect us. But it's also that we have to realize the depth of His love for us. The depth of His love for us. See, there's a passage of Scripture that says that Jesus lavishes us with his love and sings us a song every morning. Wow. So that means he comes into my apartment. And comes to my bedside whenever I wake up. And he lavishes me with love. And sings a song. And because of that. I am able to love. And to give freely. To people I don't even know. Because of him. But this is a Thanksgiving service, right? See, we are thankful today because of that statement that is made in verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory with all of the angels with Him, He will be seated upon His glorious We're thankful for today because that day is promised to us and that day will happen. And if we are prepared and we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we follow His words and we listen to the Holy Spirit calling and drawing and guiding and directing our lives on that day, we will be on the right-hand side of God the Father, blessed in entering into heaven for eternity. Our hope is not in today. Our hope is in the knowledge that He is going to do exactly what He says He's going to do.
So today and every day is a great day. Because on that judgment day, we'll be on the right-hand side, entering into heaven for eternity. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have the praise and worship team to come and, and to play for us a little bit. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, dear Lord, for this day. God, I pray, dear Lord, that as the words have been spoken this morning, God, that we just simply look at this day as a great day. But every day is a great day for those that follow you. Because, God, we trust and we know that you are coming back. And God, that your love for us, God, that we would be with you in heaven for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. As the praise and worship team plays, today is a day of thanksgiving. So I want to give thanks to this church. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for this year. And as we look back on this year, in August, on August the 4th of 19 and ni- or, uh, 2019, we had a flood. On February, we got complete occupancy in our new facility. The end of February, we were kicked out because of COVID. And we have been trying to work out things to make sure that each and every one of you we're able to come into the house or meet together somewhere in some place and worship together with like-minded people. I want to thank you for your support. Because if it wasn't for your support as the pastor, don't know if I would have been able to make it. But if it wasn't for your financial support, I know that the ministry of this church would not have been able to make it. So I thank you for that. So as a gift, your church board and I have purchased a gift for each and every one of you that is here today. So before you leave, make sure that one of your board members gives you a bag that has been decorated by our children's department. Okay, it has gifts in there for you. So that is our way to say thank you for supporting this ministry. Now... I would like for y'all also to look around. It is great for us to be here and to be with like-minded people. But we are missing some people today. And we're missing some people because they are uncomfortable still coming out in large crowds like this. So next week we're going back and we will have two services again next week. We will have one service at 9 o'clock and one service at 11 o'clock. I want you to understand that it's difficult for us and for your board to make this decision because, yes, we like gathering together. But I want everyone to feel comfortable in coming into the house and worshiping God. So we're going to do everything that we can so that everyone feels comfortable gathering together and worshiping God. So it's not that we don't like each and every one of you. It's just that we want to make sure that we're all comfortable and that we can worship God. Okay? So we're going to do that. All right. 
Now, 